Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's a mega edition of the Triple Option. And I'm joined by my two compatriots, my colleagues, my amigos, Kevin Little, Adam Brown. But today, three turns to four. And I have one of my most special amigos on the FSU beat. First ever guest on the Rollcast, my friend. I, I, I say friend. Josh Newberger, Knowles 24-7. And we're going to talk all things camps, whether they be elite or mega. We're going to talk stars or star power, glitz and glam all over the place. Josh, I'm amped up. You've been awake for 36 hours straight. Um, at least fake that you're amped up. I'm amped up. No, I really am. Um, I haven't had a chance to kind of like debrief and talk about the camp. So I might be all over the place, but you've already <laughs> dealt with Brendan Sinone, so I won't be that bad. No, no, I, I don't imagine. We, we were able to keep Brendan between the blinders, so that was good. Uh, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. Uh, Kevin, Adam, how you guys doing? Are you as amped up as Josh and I? Go ahead, Kev. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, recruiting's the lifeblood, man. Uh, it's it's everything, and these guys have energy. They're they're organized. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is the most excitement that I've seen around the program in my two years I've lived in Tallahassee. <laughs> and I can tell Kevin, because your voice raised like a half an octave, <laughs> which was the highest I've ever heard it on this. That was some, that was some electricity right there. Oh Adam. yeah. Also the girls softball <laughs> just won. So that's exciting. <laughs> if anybody cares. Oh <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. Go I ahead, care, Adam. Yeah. Oh, can I get a word in here, Kev, Mr. Softball? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm absolutely fired up. I, I asked Josh off camera if this felt like 2010 all or, or, you know, kind of recruiting vibes again, but it feels like things are kind of maybe turning out of the dark days of negativity and i don't know we'll see i'm pretty fired up felt good oh. felt good this weekend following all the uh 24 7 updates because those guys were absolutely crushing did good josh yeah. has got a calluses on his pointer finger from all of the twitter updates josh it was a roller coaster of a week we had midnight madness we had chrome tricycle motor things uh decommitments transfers Camps, everything. On the whole, I mean, how long have you been in Tallahassee? When did you get into, when did you get in town? So I pulled up on Friday afternoon, and I will be departing on Monday morning. But it feels like I've been here for a week because the last two days have been <laughs> busy in a good way. I mean, we were out there on Saturday from about 9.30 until 10 p.m. And then today for the mega camp, it was four separate sessions with a half hour in between each one. And it went from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. So well, I think the, the majority of this show's focus is going to be on the stuff that you were there to see in person. But what mm -hmm. were just what were your thoughts of like the midnight madness and all the stuff that happened in the beginning of the week? Kane Madden, the Marshall transfer goes to Notre Dame. Nico Marchio, he is gone. See you later with something that you uh, adeptly kind of uh, predicted about a month in advance. What, what was what, what was your impressions of the Midnight Madness event? I like on the Knowles on the Bench 24-7 podcast. A lot of people had the the notion that this was like one the big event of the summer, and you pumped the brakes. You go, no, no, no. Right. Like This staff is going to be doing these every single week. You don't understand. <laughs> right. And I think that was like one of the takeaways, and that was probably my biggest takeaway, was that – the commitments didn't come, so there was frustration or there was like a sense of, oh, shit, we just did our big event and we got Nothing. no results. And I was just kind of like, no, wait, you guys got to take a step back and understand like they're going to do this every weekend. And also every single one of those prospects, they really wanted to get there. 
for the midnight madness came on an unofficial visit. So that means that they paid their own way to get there. And that means that they have at least one more guaranteed trip to Florida State. If they don't ever come back again, you know, Florida State can pave their way on an official visit. So every Kevin Coleman, uh, everybody that was there took an unofficial visit. They'll all be back. Jaleel Skinner, uh, Sam McCall, Travis Hunter. None of those guys were there on official visits. So Julian Armella. Yeah, right. Julian Armella. I thought that was impressive to me. That shows that it wasn't just this one-off thing where FSU pushed all their chips in to bring all these guys in on official visits on the very first week, because that would be kind of stupid to, to, to do it like Agreed. that, especially now when kids are taking visits all over the place. Nobody's committing on June 1st. So and if again, if you take another step back and you look at college football in general, kids have had, what, 16, 18 months of no visits? Right. And... Now everything opens back up and you're seeing recruits just go from one town to another on all these trips. Why would you commit to the first school that you visit? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And what's going to happen is just as like a vacation sounds great. You know how if you go on like a 14 day vacation, you're trying to do everything and see everything. By the end of it, you're just like, all right, this actually sucks. I'm done. And that's what's going to happen. When we hit about June 14, June 20, after some of these kids have taken three, four visits, maybe even more than that, I think you're going to see some of them say, okay, I had my fun. I'm ready to, you know, just narrow this thing down or, or commit somewhere. So I think it'll slow down a little bit. But just because FSU didn't get commits, like I, I would tell you if I was worried about it. I'm not. Zero worry. Scale of one to 10. 10 being Brendan Sinone level, like daily life worry. Zero being none. <laughs> Where are you? Honestly, I would say like a one or two, and here's why. Because even if Florida State landed all the, let's say Florida State just landed all these guys in the summer, if they go out and win six or seven ga- games, they're going to lose like half of them anyway. So right. why why worry now? And then also on the other side of that, if Florida State goes out and God forbid somehow they win nine games, recruiting is going to take care of itself anyway. I like it. So I'm like not it. worried. Midnight Madness. All positive. I mean, the Nico stuff, we knew that was happening. And Kane Madden, that was a legitimate just kick to the nuts. But dude, but it, neither of those had to do with, with Midnight Madness, right? Correct, correct. I- independent, independent. And the Kane Madden thing. Did either of them really have anything to do with Florida State in general? I mean, I, I realize that they did. But Kate, look, look, as soon as Notre Dame got involved, Kane Madden was going to Notre Dame, right? I mean. I, I would have. I mean, was there a look lot, at just recent was there history. A, was there a lot that, that – Norvell and the company were really going to do to kind of change that mindset for him. I mean, I don't know. Maybe a different hashtag. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Oh oh boy. Nice try it, but you guys did it. You did it. The first time was fun. The second time was, uh, it was like anchorman two a little bit. Like maybe we should have just left it at one, but, uh, that's neither here nor there, but let's move on to positive. So you're there Friday, Josh. And Friday was the elite camp. Mm-hmm. And what so for the people that weren't there or have been living under a rock, what was the structure of that elite camp? What all was right. that all? First about? of all, let me explain how the elite camp came. And in I think see, nobody knew about the elite camp until until we put the article up like two hours before it began. Everybody knew that there was going to be prospects coming in for the mega camp. Well, a lot of people were kind of perturbed because they were like, well, all these players are coming in in the mega camp and every coach that's there is going to get their hands on them. 
And we knew that they were doing an elite camp on Saturday where these guys were going to actually work out. But Wait, what, how, how far in advance did you guys know about it? I don't know. That doesn't matter. But here's the thing. <laughs> when, when a college does, a college can't do an invite only camp. You're just right. not allowed. Like you can't turn anybody away that wants to come in. If you're having a camp on a college campus, you can't turn anybody away. The only way you can do like an invite only camp is if nobody else knows about it. And then the kids show up and they camp and they're the only ones there. Gotcha. Um, so it was kept kind of quiet and a lot of people didn't understand the dynamics of the weekend. Well, here's, here's the dynamics. FSU was getting all their top prospects on camp. Well, all the top prospects that were coming on campus were working out with them on Saturday, not Sunday. Some of them bled over to Sunday. If most of them would just came out to the mega camp and just watch, they didn't really work out there. So, so Friday, so Saturday, the prospects began arriving around 10 AM. It was kind of like a junior day. They did all the the, the visits. Um, there was probably three and a half dozen prospects there in total by the time the camp started. So it was more of an intimate setting. I'd say, you know, under a hundred. I'd say, sure. which in terms of a college camp, that's 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 really small number. Um, and everybody there was was offered. I mean, maybe like a handful of guys, maybe like five or six, didn't have offers. Um, and, a couple, and a couple of guys that were there got an offer. So these were all high priority targets or guys that we were close to pulling the trigger on, like a Travion Williams from Mississippi, who we're going to get to. They saw work out and it's like, okay, done deal offer. Exactly. So they did the whole day. And then around four o'clock, they went to go eat somewhere. They all loaded up on the buses, went to go eat. And then at seven 30, they reported to the IPF and they, they, uh, they began their practice and it went for about an hour. And then I thought it was over. This is the part I didn't know about. Um, Mike Norvell brought them all in on the practice field. Now we're outside on the practice fields. And um, it sounded like it was over. And he said, you know, this has been a really special day. Um, you guys have worked hard. So let's go finish under the lights inside Doak. Let's go. And he just ran everybody off the field. Nice. And he ran straight into Doak. Uh, the music was on. It said, welcome to Doak on both the scoreboards. All the lights were on. And uh, they finished camp there. They basically did a, a couple position drills. And then they did one-on-ones with O-line, D-line, and, and the skill guys. And then it wrapped. And they all got snow cones after. They brought out a uh, snow Delicious. cone. Delicious. Absolutely <laughs> masterful move. Who could be unimpressed by surprise snow cones? Am I right, gentlemen? <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you win their hearts, right? That's right. Pro snow cone, uh, pro snow cone YouTube show here. Which, which of the kids, Josh, um, just speak on the overall level of talent that was on Saturday. And then which kids stood out to you the most that were really impressive. Sheesh. Um, the overall talent. I mean, there's so many good prospects on campus, but there's some important ones like Nigel Kelly. You know, we talked a lot about him because he decommitted from Florida state and this was his first return visit brought his mom. So that was really good to see. Obviously, anytime you can get Travis Hunter and Sam McCall back on campus, FSU's two five-star DB uh, commitments, they were there. Travis Hunter was there for like a week, right? Hasn't he been there for like an entire week? <laughs> yeah, he got there, what, like, what was it, Monday? Yeah. And he's People, here till today. I heard he was maybe leaving today or tomorrow. He literally got <laughs> off a plane from Mountain Cali, right? At midnight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Josh, we, Josh, were you worried about – what are, what were your thoughts about it? It seemed like it pretty much everybody worked out, but Nigel Kelly, like 
are you, do you have some concern about him not working out? I, I've heard you talk about in the past about, especially with, when during Jimbo's time about guys working out and getting those guys to come in and compete. It, it, it struck me a little bit that he was one of the few that didn't compete. Uh, you, I would have liked to see him compete, not because from a talent sp- standpoint, yeah. because from a talent standpoint, he's damn good. And, um, you know, he just got a Clemson offer. He just got Alabama offer. The only reason I would have liked to see him work out is because it kind of builds that connection with the position yeah, coach. Right, and right. if you're really serious about going there, you tend to work out. But Nigel, you've been around him. I'm not, I don't like. I'm not saying this in a bad way at all, but he's just a different. He's a different cat. He's like one of those yeah. different cats. So, um, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to look too deep into it. But I think if he would have worked out, it would have been a bonus. What was uh, the vibe? Yeah. What, what was on. the vibe Let me keep from? Going. Let me keep oh, going. Sorry. <laughs> Let me keep going. <laughs> the juice man. Yeah. Uh, uh, juice up. There's uh this wasn't an event for 2022 QB recruiting. If you listen to On the Bench, uh, you would know that FSU has QB commit AJ Duffy, and they're gonna probably sit on the second scholarship probably into the fall. I think I say that on every episode. So there is no pressing need to add a 2022 quarterback right now. So the focus is really on 2023. And there is a couple arms there. You can go on Knowles 24-7 and read it. There's like six or seven that FSU has high interest in. I want to talk about two real quick. Uh, Avery Johnson came in from Kansas. I I think he's in that top three on the 2023 board. Um, up there with Chris Parsons and Dante Moore. But mm-hmm. Avery Johnson came in from Kansas. Um, he's going to go to UGA. He's going to go to LSU, BAM, or not Bama, but um, Texas A&M and a few other stops after Florida State. He's only been to Kansas State so far. Um, he talks to Kenny Dillingham every Monday. I think Kenny, having talked to a few quarterbacks now, I think Kenny calls his 2023 quarterbacks like on a day each week. Um, okay. So Avery's a Monday guy, and he talks to him every Monday. Um, athletic family, I think his his sister plays softball, I think, for Wichita State, and his brother w- is a lower-level um, football player, and he is a ridiculous basketball player. I don't know if you've seen the dunks yet. Have you seen yeah. the dunks? <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah, was it was like uh, when, when Vince Carter, like, rubbed, rub, rubbed the nether region all over that French guy in the Olympics. He did one of those <laughs> in high, Kansas high school basketball, but, yeah, man, that was – That was sick, yeah. Very so impressive. You can tell by that video that he doesn't train as a quarterback year round. Like he's yeah. he's an athlete, right. and and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like he's a he's just he's just not a trained quarterback at this point, and that's okay. Um, he's a twenty twenty three guy. He's going to get better as a passer, but FSU likes him a lot. Uh, they also like Tyler Jefferson. He had a strong performance. He's a guy that has an offer, and FSU is active with. Um, it was good to see Rodney Hill there. The commit. Uh, Rodney always has a huge smile on his face from Virginia. He was back again on an unofficial visit. He must have loved Tallahassee. I can't blame him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just a great ambassador of the program. Every time I see him, huge smile on his face, um, talking to other recruits, just really, really good guy to have around the program um, and really talented. And then on the offensive line, there were some guys. It was good to see Alu Ba. Alu Ba is the IMG four-star. Is he the most recent commitment, Alu Ba? Yeah, I think he yeah. is. Believe so, yeah. yes. Yeah. So he's the most recent commitment. It was good to see him there um, because I know, you know, he's kind of had some ups and downs with his weight, but I'm uh-huh. here to say he looked great. 
Um, I'm sure spending an off season at IMG has helped with that. Uh, he'll be, he'll be at IMG this season. So I really liked him, you know, and I was kind of, I, I kind of thought he was a, a surefire guard, but seeing him slim down and trim and, Come and, on, and say explosive, it. Say it. you know, I think in, in say the next, it. I think in, tw- in 24 months from now, we could see him competing for that tackle position. There we go. There a tackle that's a tackle. Suck on that, Chris Nee. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> so we think, we think we have a, a high school prospect that's going to come in as a tackle and will finish his career as a tackle. <laughs> I, tackle I mean, the tackle. It could happen that way. It could happen. <laughs> he, he looked good though. He looked good in the, the a lot of the clips that you guys were posting. He yeah, looked, and I put uh, a full video up uh, yeah, on YouTube. Today. I think it's about a minute fifty yeah. of him working with Atkins. Um, and I got some more video. I got some video of Quayshon Sapp, who I want to talk about. Quayshon Sapp's from yep. South Georgia. Um, he's really built how you want a high school lineman to look. He's right. an interior guy all the way. Um, I think he needs to work on his technique a little bit. He kind of sometimes gets beat by guys he shouldn't get beat by, but uh, the foundation's there. There's a reason he's a big-time prospect. Right now, I think UF is probably the biggest threat. He's going to make a decision. I, was it July 3rd to play Sean yeah. Sapp? Yeah. So he'll make a decision here in about a month. Um, and then Florida State – Put extended a new offer today, Brian Grant. Um, big Tennessee, guy, big yeah. guy, six foot seven, a uh, converted basketball player. He is current, he's out of Ocala and he's currently committed to Tennessee. Um, I hadn't heard any smoke about him in FSU. I didn't even hear, I've never even heard his name come up in conversations. Uh, but it was telling to me that. He's there. I mean, the kid's committed to Tennessee. He could sign with Tennessee if he wants, I'm sure. Um, but he made the drive up to Tallahassee. He messed around and earned an offer from FSU. So I'm going to have to dig on this and find out exactly where on the board he is and, and, and you know, what kind of value FSU sees in him. But that w- that's an intriguing uh, name. You know, anytime, anytime a six foot seven offensive lineman walks on campus and gets offered, <laughs> I think Florida State fans are gonna are gonna get excited about that. It did. I'm sure that was a very click, very click heavy article for you guys. Um, is that is that one of those situations where I guess I guess you're gonna have to dig on it first. We've we've been hearing the same kind of offensive lineman names associated with FSU through this recruiting cycle: Quayshon Sapp, um, Kanaya Charlton, who Elijah was there. Elijah Pritchett. Yeah. Elijah Pritchett, uh, Daughtry Richardson. Yeah. Does it does it Brian Grant? Do you, is he behind them in the pecking order? Do you feel like from how you witnessed, like how excited they were from coaching him? Where, where, where do you think he falls? I mean, you don't know yet, but where, where do you intimate? Where I don't he might know fall? because they also have Jalen Early, who's out of Texas, and Jalen mm. Early hasn't visited yet, but he's supposed to. And I feel like there's there's a good connection there. They like him a good bit. Um, we'll see if, if they can get in on him. And then there's Emory Jones um, out of Louisiana, E N E R Y. He visited for the spring game. And of course, LSU just fired their offensive line coach, although they hired a new one. So, you know, you don't know how that's going to play out. But yeah, there are there are a lot of guys kind of out there right now because it's, you know, there's a lot of uncommitted prospects. So I don't know. I don't know. I got to find out. Um, How many tackles 24 seven? How many tackles do you think they they end up taking? I mean, if you I think they can take three more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three more. Three I, more I mean, tackles. If they fell in row. Yeah, hell yeah, I think okay. they would. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The problem I'm hasn't been answer. the problem hasn't been lack of yeah. space. The problem has yeah. been lack of quality bodies to bring yeah. in. Yeah. 
Right. So, th- so th- up to three offensive tackles. What? How many interior? Like, how many total offensive linemen do you think they're looking at? I think this they class? can sign sign five. I think they'll end. You know, four or five is probably so the just, number. Just a fresh offensive line. They just, just, just <laughs> but it also change, depends bro. on what yeah. you can get. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. So, uh-huh. You so, mentioned Pritchett. I know we're on it. We're not going to transition a whole lot here. Try not to get too all over the place. But Pritchett's coming off of his um, official visit this week. And sound like he, you know, had a nice time based on some of the interviews that were out there. And, uh, I mean, is, does he seem realistic? <laughs> He's coming back Wednesday. There you go. Um, he'll be back Wednesday for FSU's big man camp. I thought um, that was big. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's important because of what we said about working out with your future coaches. So yeah. when he was on his official visit, he didn't work out which isn't, you know, no big deal. FSU didn't have a camp going on. He arrived on Thursday and departed on Saturday morning. Um, So he's coming back on Wednesday. I heard him when he walked out of the moor right before he did his interview with us. He he turned to Atkins and said, you know, I'll see you Wednesday. Um, So he's going to come and presumably work out. I think that'll be big. Uh, I still think FSU has, has programs to overcome. You know, if, if, you know, Alabama, potentially Georgia, but more importantly, Alabama. I I think that they still have some work to do. Uh, Pritchett was set to make his decision on July 2nd. He has since, well, when we talked to him, he pushed it back. There's no exact timeline on when he wants to decide, but he wants to take some more visits and uh, and see some more school. So um, we'll see. So before I move over to the defensive side of the ball, because I know there's some linebackers that my two compatriots are just chomping at the bit to uh, speak about. Uh, I want I want to hit on this. Can I have Charlton dropped a pretty fun quotable about uh, how <laughs> take, take it away, man. Stop. He didn't have he didn't have a lot of a positive feelings for FSU a couple years ago. He basically almost wrote us out. But now um, something's changed, man. Did you get that feeling from a lot of these prospects, Josh, like that since Mike Norvell has come in, that, that their opinion of FSU has changed as much as it can? With, with with only a three win season under his belt. Yeah, and funny story. If we didn't double up on on Kaniya Charlton, me and Brendan interviewed him twice on accident um, in the scrum. <laughs> like I interviewed him. Hold on, I interviewed him and didn't get that quote. And then Brendan interviewed him and got the quote. And after like we were talking about who all we got, and Kaniya Charlton was the only one that we doubled up on on accident. And I was like, well, I'm writing it. And Brendan started saying about the quote that he got. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, all right, you got to like, you're right. That's a much better. I don't know. I don't have so, that. So for people that didn't see, he basically said, uh, I eliminated Florida State like right at the beginning of my recruitment. The previous regime sent me a recruiting graphic with my name misspelled. Um, <laughs> granted, his name isn't John Smith or something, but still, you probably want to double check that before and, you send it out. And he said out. something like, I'll, I, I, I never thought I'd consider FSU again. And <laughs> now he goes, I'm. I'm considering yeah. FSU very heavily. So and, then that's basi- great. and then basically said, I'm going to go to FSU without saying I'm going to go to FSU. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Kid. Josh, yeah. you got your balls. You got, you got a ball on Charlton. Yeah. I've had my crystal Phenomenal. ball in on, on Charlton for a long time now. Uh, him and SAP. I think there's more competition for SAP right now in UF than, than Charlton, but I still feel pretty confident in both those picks as it stands. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to a couple of a trio of names. Daniel and hold on, Martin. that's why, and that's why I oh, say I, that's why I think five linemen. That's why that's where I get five linemen from, right? Because you got 
Sapp and Charlton, who are surefire guards. Then you got Ba, so that's three. You got to add two tackles. Like you got to add you. two tackles. I'm right. with you. And whether so it's that, Dasha so Richardson, a Brian Grant, Elijah Pritchett, uh, just kind of like the 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 next two best ones that we can get. I've seen Sap some tape of snap, uh, Sap snapping the ball. Um, do you th- any chance he could be a center and they take another guard? I mean, I know they've got a no, lot of I think, bodies already. I think they just kind of see him as interior. Yeah. I don't think I don't think uh, they they sometimes if they really need somebody they can snap, but I think they have that right now in Estes. Yeah. So I don't think they're like too concerned over over somebody that can snap it. So defense, Daniel Martin, EJ Lightsey, um, and then Travion Williams, who's a defensive lineman. The two first guys I mentioned are linebackers. Uh, talk about them. Uh, those are guys that I know Adam and Kevin love. All three <laughs> of those dudes. So just just gush about them if you can. And uh, I thought you I'll meant Adam Fuller. When you said Adam, <laughs> no, 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 the other bald no, Adam, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other bald yeah, Adam bald that Adam. lives in the yeah. Northeast, yeah. <laughs> uh, where do I start? I mean, Florida State just doesn't have guys on campus that look like this. No. Even when we talk about um, Williams as well, the defensive end, even Gabe Hair. Like w- one of the biggest things that stood out to me about this weekend is the prospect don't look like the the guys on the roster, and that's start that that is the start of the trend. Even sure. if Florida State doesn't land some of these guys right now, at least they're getting them on campus. And that's how you start to shift. So now if the wins come, now you have the relationships. Okay, so anyway, EJ Leitze, uh, Daniel Martin. I feel good on both right now. I think Daniel Martin at the Supri has a little bit more work to do than EJ Leitze. Um, but getting these guys on campus again and again and again is only going to help uh, they're going hard on the South Georgia guys. They're going hard on on, on everybody right now. I think, um, yeah, like I, I, I'd say EJ likes you right now probably more likely than Daniel Martin, but they're in a good spot with both. Other kids too, like Quavian Carter. Uh, that was a kid that Zach Blostein put a crystal ball in. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Zach, the young king. Uh, he's he, he's Is he a South Georgia guy too? Yeah, he's at uh, Lee. He's with uh, Quayshon Sapp. Or wait, or is he? Yeah, he's at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's with Sap. It's what amazes (laughs) me about these guys more than anything, even just besides that they look different and look better than the guys are. They run so much better than a lot of the guys that are on campus already. The Martin kid, I mean, he just is explosive as a runner, and and Lightsey is too. And I don't think you look at Lightsey and necessarily expect to see that as his game. But I was watching some of the clips from you guys um, from the elite camp, and I mean, he just he transitions really well, and they need so much of that that in that linebacking core. And yep. you're just seeing that, like you're seeing him transition, yeah, you're seeing right. him move a little bit. We know he can hit, right? Right. That's on Brutal. tape. Like we know he can hit. Right. So his, yeah. highlight, his highlight, his highlight tape had no coverage snaps, and so seeing that this weekend was a really good sign. And and Martin all, is special, I think. <laughs> not to go all Chris Knee checking the boxes, but it's nice to see that. Don't they be go stealing to, other people's catchphrases, man. <laughs> they go you to come camp up with your own. They go to camp and do. They show you the other part of what you maybe not seeing on their uh, huddle videos. Yeah, I agree. I, I and like, yeah, these guys are just they're 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 bigger, faster, stronger than what FSU's been yeah. doing on campus. Yeah. So Saturday, snow cones, elite athletes, <laughs> good vibes. We make our way to Sunday, and Josh, I don't even know where to begin on this. Maybe you tell me as as somebody boots on the ground because the amount of updates I got from this, literally thousands of kids, high school coaches. 
There was a Ron Zook sighting, still looking much better <laughs> than I thought. Trickett, like old crusty Trickett was there. Everybody was there at this camp. Hold on. I'm almost positive. If somebody could fact check this for me real quick. Please. I'm almost positive Marco Rubio was there. You stop. You, you does, he have a, does he no have a son? <laughs> does he have a high school son? If somebody could just wiki that real quick. If he does have a high school son, then I'm 100% sure. I'm, oh, I'm like 90% sure it was Marco Rubio. That's pretty good. You'd put a crystal ball with a nine confidence that you saw <laughs> yeah. sitting Senator Marco Rubio. Yeah. Uncle Luke was there. I mean, there was all kinds of characters there. Four children. I, 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 I love it. I absolutely love it. So just give me what was it like? How was the organization, the structure? Just 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 give me your impressions of being on on the ground of the event. Then we'll get kind of granular and talk about the kids that we should know and all the five star some so much 2023 talent that was on campus mm-hmm. this weekend, like high level, like that class to me. I'm very uh, 2022 looks good. 2023 could look program changing. But just give me your thoughts on what it was like to be there. Was it as crazy as it looked from the outside? Yeah, so we pulled up about 9.15, 9.30, and it was was packed. Um, But what they did was they broke it into four sessions. So it was like offensive line, defensive line, I don't know. But it was two positions. Yeah, it was was a couple other positions. So they did one session from 10 a.m. to 11.45, then 12.15 to 1.30, and then 2 o'clock till – anyway – they did four separate sessions. It ended at about 5.30, 5.45. So I think the first two sessions were probably the most packed. There might have been a 1,000 kids on the field for like That's insane. One. That is absolutely insane. Like, was there any – was there a lot of – It was movement? on the IM fields. It was on the it's, IM fields. That's out, that's out of control. Well, um, <laughs> what, did, what did it look like? Did it just – the coordination? Was there a lot of waiting around? Was registration packed or was it – it, it looked like a pretty well-oiled machine, was it? Yeah, I don't know how they really went, ran it so well. Uh, it was mainly <laughs> I like... much more chaos. <laughs> at least I paid a lot of attention for the first two sessions. So for the first two sessions, at least like in the beginning, it was mainly the FSU coaches doing the introduction of the drill. And then you'd have a bunch of, of lines set up. And um, so the reps were good because they had a bunch of lines and then they were able to have a lot of the other coaches kind of like assisting. And once they got into the drills and once they got into the reps, um, the other coaches would kind of like give them the pointers. And, and there was times when an FSU coach would just leave to go talk to Malik Bryant, who's a five-star defensive end from um, IMG that wasn't working out or Mikel Williams, or, you know, they would walk off and, and go talk to somebody and they could because there were so many, coaches there um right i also thought fsu was well represented just in colors because they had like all the gas and everything out there so even though there were so many coaches from other programs it still seemed like like you saw fsu everywhere because this is an fsu of- event right like it was in your face the brand like fsu's running it this is a massive event it's run well it's on our field which was a lot of concern that a lot of people had that this was just going to be free scouting for other people but you got to understand trepidation Look, but but trey nobody knew everybody had all this trepidation because nobody knew that they were going to do what they did on saturday that's right. It's masterful. There's this, yeah, if they would have known going what was going to happen on Saturday night, everybody would have been like, oh, it, see, here's the thing. It was called the mega camp, but that was kind of like a. A gimmick. 
No, it was directed more towards the people that they were trying to get there, not the fans. You know what I mean? Like it sure. was a mega camp for high school recruits, for uh, high school coaches to bring their kids to. It was a mega camp for college coaches. It wasn't like a mega recruiting event. Understood. Especially for kids that are starved for exposure with the COVID year. Really, I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, but man, I know that this is something that a lot of the kids and their high school coaches are like, thank God for an event like this. And I bet there's going to be stuff like it. At and other, college at other coaches. True. Very true. There's what a on? lot of college coaches that were there that come from a lower level. Like I talked to some HBCU coaches, you know, their whole season got wiped out. Right. So they were there and they had a little bit of spring practice, but like their whole, like their, this was like normal for them again. And this was a chance. So even the coaches, and that's why I think this thing was such a massive su success okay. because it was catered to the moment. Um, and in that moment, it it's recruits that haven't been out in 16 months. It's coaches that haven't been out in 16 months. Norm, not, I wouldn't say normally, but a lot of coaches might or prospects might have rolled their eyes at this. A mega camp, a big old yeah. cattle call, but like parents wanted to be out like everybody wanted to be out there i don't know if you could replicate this to the extent that it was next year or the year after and i don't know if fsu will even do this next year this might have been one of those things like i thought midnight madness is a one-off i don't think that's something that you can replicate i agree too and i'm glad you kind of drew that comparison florida state staff seems like very topical like they understand like the pulse of like what they should do. Like they should do the midnight madness because people are dying for the dead period. And they should do this mega camp because people are craving for exposure right now. And I agree. They're with not you. doing no, it I, just because they did it. Exactly. Right. It's not going to be Friday like, night oh, lights at UF. You can't tell me that Friday night light Friday night lights at UF is still a big deal. It's still a big event, but you can't tell me that it has the same kind of spark to it that it did when urban Meyer first started it absolutely two three years no that he had it not no even shot. close and they're kind of i'm not trying to bash gators recruiting but like you can if you, you want get, it's fine <laughs> once you get into that uh that mentality of like we're just now it's it's crossed over what to three or four different coaches friday night lights yeah at, at uf it's yeah. just like anything right it just it, it starts to become a little regurgitated and when things become expected it's not as organic right it's like all right man friday lights again and you'll get you'll get people there but i agree with you josh now one thing i wanted to touch on you already said the event was a success i know that throughout the day you were chopping it up talking to high school coaches talking to college coaches what were their thoughts of the event and were there any specific comments that really stood out to your mind like man florida state hit a home run with this um, there was over a hundred new offers that went out. Uh, Bud Elliott put that tweet out. I That's Bud, crazy. That's Bud crazy. was talking to a lot, a lot of, you know, lower level coaches and, and all the, and he's kind of keeping more track of that, but he said that there was a hundred plus offers that went out and I believe it. Um, some of these schools, yeah. Like, like coastal Carolinas and Samford and South Alabama, some of the prospects that they were able to see, they were loving it. And, you know, it yeah. was kind of funny to see, like, you'd be like, uh, you'd know that all these coaches were excited. Like somebody would get coastal Carolina and all these, other, then they might get like Indiana with it. And I was like, Oh, all those coaches, all those lower level coaches just got wiped out <laughs> in one offer. But yeah, dude, you know, right. <laughs> think about how exciting that is for a kid. Yeah. If he picked up two, three, four offers in one day, because he drove to Tallahassee and got seen by a coach in like, like, there's coaches from all over. Arizona State was there. 
Penn State was there. Um, Juwan Sider and Mike Norvell talking, which was that was a fun little photo. Yeah. Planting seeds. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but um, like Toledo was there. I mean, it was it was and if you can play at any level, there was a school for you. How much goodwill do you, like, is that going to build with like yeah. a high school like football coach? Right. It's like my kid got an offer directly because of this camp that you set up. And you know what? It, he's not a Florida State caliber guy. But next year, the year after, when you do have a Florida State caliber guy, I'm, I'm going to be looking your way, which is good for a staff with only two coaches with like Florida ties, really. Yeah. And that might help in a way like um, maybe next time this coach is like if he's deciding between FSU camp and UGA camp, he's like, well, I know FSU is well run. And, you know, it, it, it may, right. it's not a bad thing. So let's transition from that. Big success. Great stuff. Ron Zook was there. Just the, the, the creme de la creme. Uh, what about the kids? Like, let's talk about the talent that was there on Sunday. Because by and large, it was a it was a camp where most of the kids weren't players that FSU was going to recruit. But talk about some of talk about some of the guys that were able to be there. Uh, specifically, like twenty twenty three oh, for- five star like <laughs> alpha yeah. dogs. I was going to say, how about those two kids that had nothing to really do with the camp, but were there. Michael Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Williams is out of South Georgia. Um, He's a guy that, you know, kind of everybody pegs that's going to Georgia, but here he is showing up at FSU on an unofficial visit, which means he'll probably be back on an official visit. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, you know, we're seeing another, another storyline that, you know, you buried the lead. Are we seeing a a Odell resurgence here? Five (laughs) tackle Vic Burley was on campus. Vic Burley had some great things to say about Odell Hagans. He's another South Georgia guy. Daniel Um, Lyons and Dante Anderson tried to come into the more with some Gatorade, a patented Odell trademark move. Get that Gatorade up out of my more. Why am I always involved in these viral Odell Gatorade? Was that you? (laughs) Did you take the the Gatorade vid? (laughs) It's you, Josh. It's it's just you, man. Right place, right time. But no, I like it's. But I mean, we got to talk. We got to talk about it, man. Odell Hagans. I he the, the the sleeping giant. Everybody talks about Texas as the sleeping giant. Odell's bass fishing trip for the past couple of years is over, and my man looks like he's. He, did he look energized to you, Josh? I know we're just screwing around, well, but yeah, we are screwing around. But no, Odell looks good. He's had some surgeries. I don't know if it's like lower back or hip. I don't a knee. I don't know. Odell's been. I'll tell you this. Odell <laughs> looks. When I started covering the team in 2010, before he's had his surgeries, like he really looked 10 years older then than he does now. Really? Okay. Yeah, he was not moving around well when I uh, when I came on in 2010, and he's he's doing better. He's had a couple surgeries. Just shout out to Odell. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really impressive, and especially in Vic Burley, the five star defensive tackle from Georgia. Great things he said about him. Great things. I get big. Uh, Eddie Goldman, Ooh. Marvin Wilson, yeah. uh, Derek Nottie vibes from his recruitment because I remember when Odell was cooking. You know, Odell plays the long game. Like he's not one of these guys, like a Tim Brewster, that's just going to hop in a recruitment and and woo <laughs> you and, and, and you know all that kind of stuff. It's a right. it's, it's a relationship build. It's a trust thing. It's a he just he he recruits in a unique way, and I think Vic Burley is a great example of 
if I've seen the Odell blueprint in landing a five-star, it kind of starts with the way this Vic Burley recruitment's going. There are Odell guys. And right now, five-star five star defensive <laughs> lineman, he's in the process of becoming. He's being groomed shit, to be an shit, Odell Trey, guy. That, Is that what we're Trey, saying? That, that, that almost felt like a freaking show crystal ball right there. I mean, that damn near felt like it. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Look at Adam. There's sweat. There's perspiration. Oh, man, I'm on so board. excited. I'm loving every minute of this. This is like you know, your goal. You know what was funny? Um, the Vic Burley story up on Knowles 24-7, it's probably one of the like the most one of the more mature recruiting updates that I've written in the re- in recent years. Um <laughs> He yeah. was saying some great things, like like uh, just the things that are important to him, like education. Both his parents are educators. He said that they've instilled that in him for a long. I asked him, "What's the you know what are you looking for in a school?" And he goes, "Education." And he said, both his parents. "But mind you, he's doing this interview with me, speaking all mature, everything, everything what you want to hear. He's eating a snow cone. His whole mouth is blue. Always <laughs> <laughs> talking to me, like like bright blue. And he's it looks like he just answer. cannibalized a colony of Smurfs, like just ate them raw. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I really like the business school. Really impresses me. He's just like blue spit running out of his mouth. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I have a curious question here. So you've always said, like, with all the Odell haters, it's always been when he had something to sell. Odell was was an elite recruiter or a top-notch recruiter what's the difference is it just that he's more energized and he's feeling better than ever I mean do they feel like they've really got something to sell right now with playing time and kind of the resurgence I think the staff is is um is really working together a lot better I think the addition of Ryan Bartow has helped a lot in South Georgia that's where we're seeing some of this resurgence happen with with some of the big men as we should like what why is why was FSU not pounding South Georgia for defensive and offensive linemen. Now look at us, like we're swimming in it, you know? Um, So I just think that the focus, I think there's just been some things that have helped them out. Now we still got to close because recruiting is a, what have you done for me lately type league. And let's be honest, like what has Odell Hagan's recruiting done for us lately? Uh There's been some misses. There's been ever, you know, we knew after about Marvin Wilson's sophomore year, it was kind of like, yo, who's going to be the next Marvin Wilson thing? You know, like we had such oh, this run yeah. of defensive tackles. Right. And the cupboard got pretty bare um, for whatever reason. So now it's just a whole new set of circumstances. I think year by year, you got to review. Right now, it looks like Odell's going to, you know, it looks like he's laying the groundwork for a pretty strong class and, and a pretty strong 2023 class. I think if FSU goes on the field and they win and they and they can impress, then he'll, he'll recruit well. So – yeah, I think it goes with that, but I mean, I'm not one to just say, "Hey, give him a pass no matter what," because sure. he's Odell Hagen's. I think, you know, I do think you gotta you gotta take into account, you know, what's going on, and I think Mike Norvell does a good job of that. Yeah. So Odell looked good before we kind of wrap this thing up to a nice little bow. Uh, and this is something that I think the fan base has always been enamored with. Who are the ace recruiters mm. on the coaching staff? Who really stood out to you? in this combination recruiting slash like camp setting, Josh, who stood out to you? Is it the same, the same kind of culprits surprises? Just what did you think about how the Florida state coaches looked at these two events? Yeah. I, I, you know, I might even change my FSU recruiting rankings. It's been, please do it here. Exclusive (laughs) on the triple option. I always put Norvell one and I just do that because he sets the tone. Um, 
he makes a lot of these guys great. And Jimbo did that early on as well. Like Jimbo was FSU's best recruiter uh, for a period of time there. And his and his and it was almost like the assistants were battling to keep up and and just trying to keep up with Jimbo. And um, I get that in a sense with Mike. I, I think maybe not trying to keep up with him, but he he kind of sets the framework um, between his energy and accountability. I think these guys all know what their expectations are. And right. I would go uh, Kenny Dillingham, Alex Atkins, Marcus Wilson. One, two, and three. Nice. Dillingham number two. No, one now. Rick, I would move why him do, to why one. do you say that? Why do you say that? Um because I, I we need to see Alex Atkins close on some guys. And sure. we know he can build the relationships. And now we know he can get guys on campus. So now we just need him to close. Um, Dillingham, I put number one right now because he's just kind of in his own. He's doing his thing. He's getting these guys on campus from all over the country. He had a 2024 QB flying from California. He had guys from Kansas and just all over coming in to throw for him. Um, He's done a great job of, you know, landing AJ Duffy, that whole scenario and the way it played out, I think with Nico, um, I think that, you know, Florida state did the right thing and, and, and kind of nip that in the bud when they could. Yes. And had, I think his, this whole thing would have unraveled prior to if the, if there wasn't a dead period, like they weren't going to run yeah. Nico out of the class. They were just going to let Nico do it on his own. And I think he probably would have done it sooner had they, had there not been a dead period, but um yeah, he he's kind of he's kind of feeling like the uh, like the James Coley role uh, nice. when we before the show started. We were talking about, <laughs> Is this like 2010? Yeah. Yeah. Like Dillingham, James uh, was kind of the one that sparked the fire that got it going, and 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 was that guy? Remember his that was like he was on Twitter talking oh, shit before coffee, coaches yeah. got on Twitter really talking <laughs> shit. Remember he was like, what did he what, what would he say in the morning like? Um, Stand coffee. tall, carry oh, a big yeah. stick. And oh yeah, oh he's fear just here. <laughs> it's just all phallic references. Just James Cole, <laughs> just the king of Dillingham. Dillingham looks like he can create a relationship with anybody, though. Like that dude looks like he could stand and talk to a wall and just be ha having a good time. Like he, he looks incredible. Yeah, he doesn't take himself too seriously. I think that's probably if there was one thing I could say about what makes Dillingham a great recruiter, it's that he doesn't take himself too seriously. Right. And he's not afraid to fail. Like he's not afraid to go all in. Hashtag Kane mad at the town. Well, I like that though. You gotta shoot shot yeah. recruiting. You got yeah, to, absolutely. man. And my that's thing is like we were talking about it on the OTB. You know, is it a bad look? Like, yeah, it's a bad look, but like who's it a bad look to? Because when when Dope Campbell's packed against Notre Dame and there's 88,000 people in the stands, how many of those people do you think know that there was any hashtag going on in the offseason? Like right, like two percent of the stadium. Two percent, and then when you throw in the amount of alcohol that that two percent consume, like how many actually remember that it had minuscule, minuscule. So um, before, because uh, I'm very interested, because you, Josh, you started on the beat in 2010, like the beginning of the Jimbo Fisher era. I want to have a comparison with that. Uh, I'm going to hold out the, uh, on, off on that for a second, because I do want to get a full kind of figured picture of this. Were there any negatives that you saw this weekend? Anything where you thought could have been improved? Anything that stuck out to you like, hey, ugh, I don't know about that. Anything that stood out to you negatively before we wrap this up? Because It I was too hot. 
(laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, what I like, I thought some things were too long, but do do the recruits care? Like, you know, it's not right. I might care, but do they care? Hours on the campus. I don't know. (laughs) You know, nothing. So nothing glaringly, nothing glaringly negative, really. There the fields could have been in better shape, but I, you know, I heard people complaining about the fields. I, when we're, you're on the fields, sometimes you don't like. I don't know. I don't, no, I don't think there was a, really anything that I would say they should have done better. You know, I thought the camp, the camp, the elite camp was just unbelievable. The way they transitioned it into Doak and the excitement that that brought, like an ice cream truck instead of snow cones, but it was hot. <laughs> the snow yeah. cones were served to purpose. Italian ice, you cheap bastards. <laughs> so would you maybe some, something nicer than a slingshot? I don't know. <laughs> Bentley. So, so between midnight madness and the elite camp, which one of those two do you think was, was more impactful? Well, there was way more prospects at the elite camp, um, but midnight. Okay. So impactful. All right. So then I would go with midnight madness because FSU was, that kind of kicked off June. And like we said at the beginning, everybody thought that it was like, oh, here goes FSU. They're blowing their load like right on June 1st at 12.01 a.m. And it was like, no, this is just the this is just like going to set the tempo for this month. And that's what it, it did. Better. You had that happen. Then you had Elijah Pritchett uh, official visit. Then you had Elite Camp. Then you had Mega Camp. On Wednesday, you're going to have seven on seven. On Wednesday, you're going to have big man camp. On Sunday, there's going to be a one-day workout. Next Wednesday is another seven-on-seven, another big man camp. You're going to have official visitors come in on June 11th. You're going to have official visitors on at the end of June. Like, there's a mega weekend of official visitors. I think there's, like, 16 or 18 official visitors coming in, like, June 25th or whatever the last weekend in June is for recruiting. Josh, so, you, you actually, your long hair, you didn't get a haircut. It actually fell out from how much Mike Marvell is, like, working you to death. <laughs> Um, no, it's good. So, coming out of the weekend, I know there's a, there's it was a boatload of prospects. So, I, you know, just ballparking here. What, who are who are a couple of guys that they really kind of moved the needle with coming mm. out of this week? Good question. Good question. Yeah. Well, one, you know, Vic Burley, we talked about. Uh, I'd love to tell you guys Earl. Okay, <clears throat> let's talk about Earl Little Jr. He was that here. One away. That one blew me away that he worked out. Not only did he work out. What did he get there? Friday? He's been here three days, right? Yeah, he's still there. I on Sunday when I was leaving, I bumped into somebody and they told me that they were going to going to meet Earl Little. I'm like, he's still here? Yeah, he's still there. And his dad. Um, here's my take on this situation. I think Florida State still has a team or two to overcome, mainly Alabama. Um, I don't think they're gonna overcome Alabama, but you never know. Like, let's say one of two things happens. One, things go sideways with Alabama. Like, Earl Little has a falling out with Alabama. Then yeah. I think FSU's right there to catch him. Um, let's say Alabama fills up at DB, and that, that option is off the table. I think FSU's right there to catch him, and it, it becomes very realistic that they could. But until that, like, I'm not here to, to, to start up the Earl Little sure. hype train just because he spent a few days in Tallahassee and loved it, which I'm sure he did. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, uh, I think, you know, that's one to kind of just – put in the back of your head for a while if you start hearing things go sideways with alabama you know start the earl little hype train uh daniel martin's a guy that i think they made a move with uh malik bryant he's a five-star 2023 edge rusher from img academy i spoke to him just before we left on sunday he wasn't working out but he was there 
uh, hanging out, going on tours and stuff. And he really likes FSU. He's going to have everybody in the country after him. He's coming back, I think, during the season for a visit. Um, obviously, Michael Williams showed up. And then you got Travion Williams, the, the defensive end out of Mississippi, who we touched on, but we didn't really talk about. Uh, he's got offers like Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn. Um, he's got a couple official visits set. I want to say like two. He told me he's definitely going to take one to Florida State. Nice. I asked him straight up, is it too late? It was it too late for Florida State to come in? And he kind of like shrugged it off and just said, no way. Uh, the visit blew him away. He said he had no idea that he was coming in for an event like this. He thought it was just going to be more of like a workout. The staff wanted to see him type thing. I love thing. that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they really, I think they did a great job with him. Uh, there's a 2023 wide receiver named Adam Hopkins. I pulled up from half court like two months ago and logged in a crystal ball for Adam Hopkins yeah, to FSU. Yeah. And today he, he named right. FSU his leader. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, and, he and Gabe Harris are pretty close, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he was out there hanging out for a couple of days. Um, yeah, seeing Sam McCall there, I wasn't quite – you know, Sam McCall didn't show he, – he was a no-show for the uh, spring game. His, his ride fell through. But, you know, fans hear the old ride fell through and they roll their eyes and they think immediately something's wrong. I did. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> I did. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> Sam McCall was there. He's hanging out with Marcus Woodson. He was, like, walking around with him all day today. Um, so that was good to see. You know, there's some concern mainly on your end about that. But, yeah, just seeing some of the commits like Gabe Harris and Aaron Hester and and Travis Hunter, and finally seeing guys that look like they're supposed to be committed to FSU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's you nice. have to squint your eyes and be like, eh, kind of. It's like, well, you see all the kids that have left, man. They're going to Troy. They're right. going to Tulane. Yeah. All the kids that transfer out. These and those were FSU. all guys that we, that, you know, the the fans had to convince other fans that they're, you know, oh, no, 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 we got it. This is an under-the-radar <laughs> jet. Oh, he's a tweener, man. DTDN. It's the, yeah, it's the, yeah. it's the. Jaleel, <laughs> Jaleel, Skinner, ah. Jaleel Skinner is a kid that I, coming out of this week, that sound like a lot of good, positive, uh, I don't know, vibes or whatever, buzz. I mean, that's a kid that looks like a program changer, you know, or an offense changer. Um yeah, I know he well, he was up at Clemson May, I think, this weekend. I mean, did, Yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. Uh, we were, I was talking with old Zach Blostein, the uh, protege, and he's got a good pulse on that Julio Skinner thing, and we saw him pop up at Clemson, and he was like, yeah, it's kind of a surprise. I don't think anybody really knew. I don't – you know, he didn't say anything about that. Maybe it was a last-minute deal, sure. and they were able to get him in, but, like, I've been kind of measuring this competition for Skinner up with um, UF mainly, Miami – um, right. Everybody knows because he's from South Carolina that, you know, Clemson's a threat South Carolina to an extent, but Clemson didn't seem to be going all in on him. Obviously I've been kind of busy, so I need to see what's going on. I'll maybe shoot Anna Hickey a text and see like, is Clemson really pushing? Did they just bring him in just to get him in? Like, you know, I want to, I want to see what's going on there, but I do feel good right now about my crystal ball to Florida state. I mean, that's a kid that said he was a fan since he was seven years old, and he's coming back with his jersey on and all kinds of stuff. Like, <laughs> what uh, what position is Clemson recruiting him at? Are they doing tight end? Are they doing wide receiver? I know Florida State's recruiting him as like a big is a big wide receiver that they're going to move all over the place. Yeah, right? I mean, Clemson's kind of had has has shown the ability to do that with their tight ends in the yeah. past. You know, they've they've used guys like that all over the field. So I'm not exactly sure, um, but you know, I mean, they've shown the ability to use guys built like him all right so kevin adam 
get in whatever else you guys want to get in before 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 I wrap this bad boy up. Are there any other prospects, things about the camps you want to ask the juice man about before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, I've bugged him enough. Yeah, I'm just I'm just excited because uh, I mean a couple years ago when we we're talking about recruits, we were like, can we hold on to them versus South Carolina? And now it's like, what if do we have a chance against Alabama? Comes you know, on like, at the end. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, they got to land them. But yeah, the conversation the conversation itself has changed, like, which is exciting. That um, can't be denied. Um, it, it it's it's a good sign. Right. It doesn't mean that, you know, just because these guys are coming to campus, it doesn't mean they're going to sign them. FSU has to still go out on the field this year and do their job. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, Josh, so I have one, one last question here. Does what, and I know the talent on the field is going to be the talent on the field, but does watching these guys work in the recruiting game change your thought process at all on how they can impact a football game? Meaning, do you, do you see how organized these guys are and say, all right, they they have a level of being able to get it that they can – we can go into games that have a coaching advantage because these guys are just so damn organized. Yeah, but uh, – like, Yeah, the talent is a talent. Yeah, the talent's the talent. And I've – and coaches like Jeremy Pruitt and, and some of the some of the better coaches that I've gotten to know have always told me that it's all about the talent. Especially yeah. on defense. Yeah. Like even a guy like Jeremy Pruitt, who is oh, yeah. who is known as like a great ex, you know, all this stuff as a defensive coordinator, you know, he he was adamant that like you got to get the guys. It's yeah. all about the guys. Sal yeah. Sinceri was the same way. Uh, a lot of the guys, you know, they all understood what it took. So that being said, like if I was on the outside looking in. I would be, you know, a little bit concerned. Is this guy from Memphis? Does he have the dog in him to go out right. and get the guys? You know, so in, in the jury's out. The yeah. jury's out. But he's, but in order to land those type of guys, you got to get them on campus first, and that's what we're seeing this summer. That's a good point. Very positive event. Very positive weekend. It's not changing anybody's win projections just yet. <laughs> not mine, at least. Now, Josh. That's the funny thing about recruiting, though. I noticed, like, in April and May when recruiting really got rolling and, and oh, FSU boy. just had this momentum out of nowhere, it did. Fans started. Oh, hell yeah. We're beating Notre Dame. We're beating Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. Like, these kids, yeah. these oh, kids yeah. are not going to be on the field yet. Like, these kids are not playing. Like, this is good, but they're not playing next right. year. Right. The, the team, the roster didn't get better in April and May. They just. <laughs> but, yeah, I saw. But that shows how exciting recruiting is. Yeah. And, and fans, you know, they want to get excited for it. And I get it. And there is a lot of excitement right now around the program. Josh, so this would be the final the final question because you're it's 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 ten forty p.m. I'm you're in the there. aloft. You sound <laughs> great, but God, they just beat you to death. Um, How's now, this light? You look great. You look like a million bucks. Just dude, your face is shining. Just just a face guy. Um, what did this, did this feel like? Because you you were there at the start of the Jimbo Fisher when that staff. I mean, we we've actually referenced them multiple times, like the James Coley's, all those guys, and they came in with such fire. Did this feel like an old school FSU event? Like, was this an event that you could have easily seen in 2011? Better, worse? Like, just compare this event to like everybody wants to get to the old FSU. <laughs> 
was this an old FSU style event from the talent and organization and the juice and all that stuff? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I'd say it was comparable. Um, I'd say it was comparable because you have a staff that's all moving in the same direction. Um, they're all moving forward in the same direction at the same time. And I would say under Willie's staff, you had a, you had a lot of guys moving, no doubt, but they mm -hmm. weren't all moving in the same direction. Like guys are trying to get bet, better the, every everybody had kind of their own angle on things back then. And I feel like this staff, much like Jimbo's first staff, all moved in the same step. And I think that is a similar feeling. Um, the only difference is, and maybe this is more like 2012 into 2013, but when FSU would get guys on campus, it was almost like they were coming they're coming to Florida state to work out for Jimbo in front of Jimbo. Like they wanted that opportunity. Right. 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 Um, I don't think we're there yet with, with where FSU's at, but we're getting, you know, we could be getting there. It, it takes a summer like this and then a good season to yeah. kind of put you and then forget it. You get on it. You get on that trajectory because you, you guys feel 2023 20, and what the possibilities are for 2023. If FSU it's, can win. It's crazy. So, it's crazy. The type of the, the, the the type of comments that that high level of kids are saying about Florida state right now, that's extremely eye opening. I think 2022 is going to be a good class. I mean, depend, got to do it on the field. I still think it's going to be good kind of no, barring a, just a, a cataclysmic failure, <laughs> but man, 2023 could be like, it could be, I don't know. You could be sniffing like a top five class, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're moving in that direction if they can win. Well, this was a top five episode. I did a promo. I promised fireworks. I promised special guests. I called Mike Norvell out uh, to have an episode that, that matched the grandeur of his mega camp. And God damn it, boys, I think we did it. I think this was a great episode. Josh, <laughs> I miss speaking to you, bud. It's been way too long. We used to talk like once a month, man. You know what's funny? The first time I came on your show, like it was a – it was a rough time for me. I wanted to come on your podcast just so I could kind of get my, remember everybody was, it was Blaine Berg and it was like, I was the dark side. You I were was the man. negative one. Dude, people were hating on you so Everybody bad. said I was so negative and <laughs> I like kind of wanted to come on your show. One, because it was lighthearted, but two is like, because you and I could have this conversation. I could kind of say my piece and why I'm not being, I wasn't being negative. I was just trying to tell y'all the truth. You're probably being almost from all that we know now. You might have been a little. You might have been a little kind, right? Like yeah, and it was really hard on my end. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, I made a conscious decision. I was like, okay, I know this guy. I know he wants me to go to bat for him. I know he wants me to like prop up this program. But on the other hand, I have to say that night. I, the things that I'm seeing. And the feelings that I have and the decisions that I've seen made, I can't go to bat for this guy anymore. So it wasn't like, you know, FSU fans were saying I was being the negative one and, and put it out there. But, man, that was a hard time. And I, I and I was just like, I can't believe, you know, what? You guys don't see this too? But I get it. Um, yeah, even the null cast was positive at that point in time. I get it. It's uh, It's everybody's favorite team. And if you got one guy that's going to go out there and just start saying that this isn't right and that this that this isn't the guy, there's going to be backlash until everybody sees it. 
Well, Josh, I was happy to play the Oprah to your Meghan Markle. And look at our relationship now. Just now we're on video. It's a whole different medium. I just, uh, I love it, man. I, I, I miss talking to you. I, I can't wait to talk to you again, man. I hope this We'll do is, it again soon. I, I know we will. I know There's we will. many more canes. You friendly. <laughs> Good. Hey, dude, get rest, man. Dornbell's going to be working you to the bone. Tell your boy Bartow to, like, ease up or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you guys. Go out with these South Florida and South Georgia dogs coming on campus <laughs> every day. Well, everybody thank you for listening we had a wonderful episode uh i got nothing to say man uh just thanks for listening like- subscribe subscribe to x's and old's youtube adam give a nice little golf clap well deserved and uh we'll see you soon because uh this train is a rolling all night long baby we're here for the ride